Marquee, key, 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 key. Like, my brothers don't die, we just rusty bark. I tell your girl to link me at the coffee shop. Getting freaky in the sheets, we're taking body shots. Then I finish with a fish, we just to top it off. Hey, my brothers don't die, we just rusty bark. I tell your girl to link me at the coffee shop. Getting freaky in the sheets, we're taking body shots. Then I finish with a fish, we just to top it off. What's going on? Welcome to the All American Chelsea podcast with your boy Christian coming to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida. Yeah, boy. Hey. Hey, brand new, brand, brand, brand new by Stormzy called Vossi Bop. I love this joint right here. I've been vibing to it hardcore. That's the first time I came in, kind of like I was flowing on the beat. I kind of like it. Yo, this song rides. This rides. I like it a lot. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy coming back again. After Chelsea's draw versus Manchester United at Old Trafford. Way too exclusive. In the race between Arsenal, Manchester United, Chelsea, and Tottenham to see who falls flat on their face to get into the Champions League next season. My God. This is some crazy shit, man. Absolutely crazy shit. Bro, this weekend. This weekend. I mean, top it off. The match. I mean, I didn't even realize when I was making, like, the best month ever. Like, I was I was planning it out. I didn't even realize Chelsea were playing Manchester United in, in April. And especially on this weekend. A weekend where... Avengers Endgame came out. All right. Before anybody panics, I will not be talking about any spoilers on Avengers Endgame on this podcast. I won't. But I saw it Thursday. And I saw it at 1030. I saw it with my sister. For all of you guys who didn't know, I have a sister, a little sister. Uh, and I saw it with my one of my best friends that he and I have been watching uh, Avengers the last like we've been going together for the last i can't I don't, I don't even know i lost count on how many of these big movies we we always manage to watch we always go to two a year and you know whether it's avengers star wars whatever the case may be and no i did not take my wife or my son my wife it's not like she doesn't like the movie she does but it doesn't matter to her either way whether she goes opening day or she watches it at home on the couch. She doesn't really mind either way. For me, I mind. I mind. Um, the movie was amazing. Wasn't perfect. Wasn't perfect. But it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And um, we, we could talk later in a few weeks, a few months. While sharing, in, a, in about two weeks, I'll discuss what wasn't to my liking of the movie what could have been improved on but again wasn't perfect it was amazing i i left that movie theater um besides the movie with a huge like with another huge like point of realization so this is it i'm done talking about avengers but i'm going to talk about like an overarching 
idea that I had at leaving the movie theater. It took them 11 years to set up to where we got where I was sitting on Thursday. 11 years. That's well, two things. One, I was watching the movies and I was just thinking, you know how, you know how I'm like, uh, I just got into, you know, computers like. I just built my PC or whatever, or built, I use that loosely, but with my PC, all I kept, I kept turning to my friend who does, he, he does, uh, he's a producer, long story short, you've heard his music a lot on the radio and on uh, TV, they do a lot of commercials and stuff, but whatever, it's not nor here nor there, but so he has a familiarity with beats and, and music and what it takes to and videos like rendering and all that. And we just for a moment during the movie, uh, we we're just looking at each other going, what the hell kind of computers are needed to render this movie out? I mean, this podcast, when I go about an hour and a half or whatever, it takes 20 minutes to render. I know my laptop isn't the greatest laptop when it comes to it's underpowered i know that especially you know videos a three minute video um on my office pc which is pretty good uh it's a gaming pc it's pretty good like it, it can handle it but it took 20 minutes to render out a video shot in 1080p with effects and this that or the other so but it's a three minute video i all I kept thinking about was watching Avengers was what kind of PC is needed to render this beast out? Like, I, I don't I just want to know what the hell like I, 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 I want to reach out to I will reach out to some editors of this movie uh, of Avengers and find out and ask them just like, yo, what? What? Like, can you give me an idea? But uh, the point that I had is. It took us 11 years to get to this point, 22 movies. And I'm just sitting there uh, during the movie and walking out of the movie thinking, one, when is the next time that we're going to be as fans in a movie theater for something like this? Like the finale of so many years of hard work and dedication to a project. Because there's dedication on, on the fans' end of it, right? Like, we have to commit and invest time. You know, I mean, it's just time. Time, yes, we don't get back or whatever. But you have to invest your, your time and your, you know, mental space or whatever. Whatever the case may be to watching a movie and to be along for the ride, Right? But, you know, by the actors, by the producers, the directors, everybody's involved in the movie. 22 movies, 11 years. When's the next time we're going to be sitting in this spot for an event like this, a finale? Yes, they're going to be more Marvel movies, this, that, or the other. But will it be like, you know, like Avengers Endgame? You know, because very easily one thing leads to another and people start getting too cute. They're thinking they're too smart. Uh, directors and actors start thinking that you know they got the magic and they can do whatever the hell that they want with a movie and it can be shit you know not all the avengers uh, marvel movies were perfect i told you guys on this podcast 
Captain Marvel was just okay. I understood that we needed to see Captain Marvel the movie because, you know, it was a setup to Endgame. I understood, but it was just okay. It wasn't my favorite. But when's the next time we're going to be in this spot? And number, like, and then I started thinking, like, bro, we don't know what technology in the future holds for the movie-going experience. Ten years from now. Let's say it takes Marvel another ten years to set up uh, an Avengers Endgame situation. We don't know. What if movie theaters are, you know, not a thing? 20 years from now, what movie theaters very, very well might not be a thing where we all go to a place that they're, you know, the talks have been starting, have been going on for a couple of years now about with the, how technology is going, how the internet and how TVs are, where TVs are beautiful. My TV at home is beautiful. I mean, I, I've been itching to get a new TV. It's nine years old. I got it when I was married, but I, I, I all I watch on it is sports, uh, and play FIFA. Like I don't need the world's greatest TV. Um, so it's okay, but things look. I don't have like a need for a new TV, but I want one. I want a sixty-inch TV, thin as thin as fuck. Uh, but I have no need for it. But anyways. But, like, when when are we going to be in an Avengers Endgame situation? We, we might not. You know? When am I going to be in a movie theater with 200, 300 other fans? And that's why I go opening night. To be around other fans. Because that adds to it. I, I mean, you can watch the movie. I still get chills watching Avengers, uh, Infinity War. Uh, I got a link to Avengers Endgame. My sister sent it to me the morning after and it was phenomenal i've watched the last hour of avengers endgame at least six times seven times the last hour i saw it with my son on the couch he's three years old he was running around i'm like buddy watch look it's iron man it's spider-man and it's this and i started reading off characters and he's just frozen so but you see what I mean? Like, I got a link for the movie the morning after. And yeah, it was awesome. But it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same as being in the theater. It really wasn't. And I think that's so important. Like, and to have that experience being around, a, you know, a bunch of fans. That's why comedy is the best at the club, at like a comedy club. Because you're around other people, like laughter is infectious, you know, that energy is infectious. When you watch a special at your house, yeah, it's funny, you laugh, but it's not the same laugh as when you're at a comedy club. I've loved comedy clubs where my face hurts. My face hurts from laughing. I've never laughed in my life, in my life, a couple of times I've laughed that hard, but in my life, like, I've never left with my actual face hurting from laughing so hard than the times where a comedian's on fire at a comedy club. And I'll watch the same, the same comedians at home on YouTube or on Netflix on the special. And they're just as funny, but it's not the same. That you don't got that environment. Football matches, basketball games, 
um, whatever, sporting events, the UFC, anything. Yes, at home, you get a better experience. You're on your couch. You scratch your nuts. If you want to scratch your nuts, pause it, bathroom, this, that, or the other. But you don't get the same energy. That counts for something. That means something. That's a part of it, man. And it, and, and that right there, like, made me more, you know, like, sad. That right there hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, I don't know what the future is going to hold when it comes to entertainment. But we might not be in a situation like this where in the future, like, you know, I'm not in a theater with 400 people on opening day cheering our ass off, clapping our asses off, blown away by what we're seeing on TV. And that goes for Avengers. I'm a Star Wars fan. Star Wars. I enjoy movies, man. I enjoy movies. I love movies. And that experience, man, in front of people counts for something. And it's it's part of the reason why I go opening night. Opening night, not for every movie. Not for every movie, but movie. like I, I'll never forget when I went to the dark when I went to watching uh the dark night I went to the theater to see that. Not opening day, but on a Saturday. And the theater was packed. Packed. Full. And you could feel, especially in the scene where the Joker sticks his head out and he, like, shakes his head. He's driving the cop car. You could feel, like, the despair. And, like, oh, my God. This guy's unstoppable. He's unstoppable. You could feel it in the movie theater. I felt it. I went to go see uh, Interstellar in the theater on the on the Saturday that it came out in IMAX, true IMAX with the three the three story high movie screen or whatever, and on the scene at the end where Matthew McConaughey shows up and his daughter's there when uh, Murph is there in the hospital bed and her whole you know like her great grandkids are there and all this stuff and and he's like. How did you know that I was coming back? And she looks at him. She was like, because my dad told me like that hit me like a ton of bricks. The guy next to me started crying. You know, he busted out like not like like a tear rolled down his eye, but like legit sobbing next to me. That hit me like a ton of bricks and more so fast forward when I'm a father and I know what that word means. And that word means something to me. Ooh. Ooh. So, yeah, like, the movie the, the movie going experience, man, it's important. It really is important. It really is. So, you have that. I, like, pfft. tonight, episode three of Game of Thrones season eight. Yeah, I'm going to be on my couch watching it with my wife. On the right or the left of me, my son on his iPad next to us, but and I looked. I no better place I'd rather. There's no other place I'd rather be than next to those two on my couch in my living room. But man, Game of Thrones in a movie theater. I wonder. Like I wonder some scene like the Red Wedding. Ooh, and a Red Wedding in a theater and a group of people. <sighs> that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if there's if there if it would be the same. So, so yeah, Game of Thrones tonight. What an epic weekend, man! Avengers on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, today. 
yeah, the UFC, UFC was in my hometown, man, I couldn't go, I couldn't go, and the reason, I started thinking about it yesterday, it was like, I was depressed, but, like, really and truly, as a man, like, what am I gonna tell my wife, like, I went out, I was out until, like, two in the morning, on Thursday, on a school night with my son, and I had to go to work the next morning, or whatever, and then I was gonna double it up on Saturday with the UFC, like, that would have been I, I don't know I, I felt some type of way about that like I couldn't do that I still enjoyed it um but I felt guilty by not going I've been begging Dana White Uncle Dana to send a UFC card my way and he does and I failed him I absolutely failed him and that, that made me feel some type of way but the fights were great had a couple of friends that were there Mike Perry put on a show against Cowboy Oliveira you had Glover Teixeira taking on a Igor Igre Kuntalabra that that dude's a beast Glover Teixeira showing you know the experience heart of a warrior main event who is the main event Jacare versus Jack Hermanson the Joker Jack Hermanson fought his ass off really showed that he's a contender within the you know 185 pound division uh who else fought you had uh, this guy, um, Lineker. Lineker versus Sand. I don't know this dude's name. He's from Colorado. He's nice, man. That kid is nice. He's got a great stand up. Great stand up. Somebody to watch in the 135 pound 135 division. So great UFC, man. Great UFC. This weekend has been packed. This month has been insane. This month has been insane. Woo! Wow, what a month. 2009, April 2019 is going down um, in the history books as one of the best months uh, in recent memory, man. Recent memory. Very few months like this one. So, all right, guys. Enough with the chit-chat. Time to get down to the nitty-gritty. On today's episode of the podcast, we have on Isaiah Madrugal, a Manchester United supporter, writer, based out of Texas. So you'll, you'll notice his heavy Texas accent that he has. Um, this is actually the second time I've had him on the podcast. I had him on earlier in the season, or I invited him on earlier in the season when uh, we played Manchester United. I don't remember. Yeah, it was the first time when Barkley scored. And for whatever reason, it was a bad connection. It was this, that, or that. I don't remember the reason why I couldn't uh, release that uh, his portion of the podcast because he came on for like me. Yeah, like five minutes. And I think it was something along those lines. But this time I got him on legit. It's actually a little bit short. It's a lot short for a normal interview and the reason being was <laughs> he was on his way to go watch avengers but it was still good talking to him for for the 15 20 minutes that we did um about the match and just get his perspective on manchester united so everybody let's welcome isaiah and i'll talk to you guys on the back end all right what's going on everybody we are here with Isaiah, writer, blogger for Manchester United, based out of the biggest state in the United States, Texas. 
the Lone Star State. God damn you, UFC, for sending a notification <laughs> over the interview. My <laughs> my laptop is sending me notifications. Isaiah, talk to me, man. What do you think about uh, today's match? I thought um, I thought the the first half started was good for both teams, United and Chelsea. But for me, more so United because um, I, I thought Lukaku, Luke Shaw, and even Pogba, Pogba had his moments. And um, for at least a good ten minutes, showing um, Chelsea like just they're just on the they were just on the attack. But then, and, and then when we uh, scored the uh, the the opener with Juan Mata, I thought we were playing some really good football for a while until all the way until uh, who was I think Rudiger I believe sh- shoots at the hair and then that the, the hair incident just I think that's what brought the team down, especially in, into that second half. Second half was not. A pretty game for just a pretty game in football in general. Yeah, I agree, man. That that the first half, uh, United was on our ass. Um, mm-hmm. from the from the word goes, it, it was a you guys were beating us back, um, in the match, and it just seemed like Ole had said the right things, man. It was a brand new team uh, comparatively to, to the Everton game, the last Everton game. Yeah, and then having Herrera there it just felt more energetic. And I fucking hate that guy. Like... <laughs> I hate that guy. <laughs> well, I don't think you'll be uh, seeing him any anymore in the Premier League. I know. <laughs> I know. So, like, <laughs> what, what, I mean, from your eyes, I mean, you watch United day in day out game in game out what the hell is going on over there because it seems like joe the jose era and the jose issues are one thing Oli takes over it seems like a brand new team he has finally unlocked offensively uh the team and then for whatever reason you guys are from my eyes worse than what <laughs> jose was there what the hell is going on we are we right now we are bad. <laughs> uh, the the honeymoon for Ole is over unfortunately. Uh, man, it's just it's hard to to say it. I mean, we had it. It's not with it wasn't just with Jose or Ole. It was with Moyes and Louis Van Gaal. And it's not uh, to me. I don't think it's um the managers at all, or le- less so of the managers' fault. I think it's. The board, the board at to a certain extent, but in also at the end of the day, it's the players who are on the pitch performing, and and they are they're the ones who really need to um, step up their game if they want to continue being here. And then when I say that, I also picture uh, the board um, because they're not. It it wasn't just Jose fighting the board; it was Louis Van Gaal and. Uh, uh, David Moyes, when when they after they uh, after their time at Manchester United, they say they wanted so and so. When the board, you know, they just didn't want to spend, and so they have to use what they have. And what they have right now isn't good enough for a Manchester United team. Is not good enough for a Champions League team or a Champions League spot. I, I, I bro, like I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I really. Truly was afraid that Manchester United was, especially after Ole took over. Ole took over. You guys were on fire. And I knew yeah. offensively that that you guys have talent up top. 
And I, I, I'm, I'm again, I'm not gonna lie. I said it multiple times on the show. Until Manchester United are not in the Champions League, I am concerned with Manchester United, uh, in the Champions League. I, I really thought that you guys could do something there, um, and apparently not. Like it sounds like you know what it sounds like. You being a Manchester United supporter are mirroring the exact same things as us Chelsea supporters are saying. That outside of one or two players. You guys have trouble. You guys have issues. Um, what the hell is going on with David De Gea? Jesus. <laughs> to me, he he looks tired. He looks distracted. He, it's like if I, I look at him, it, it looks like he doesn't know if he wants to be here or not. It's like if he wants to be here, uh, you you have to get your head out of your ass and and <laughs> like oh uh, man, he just he just looks tired. Maybe he's. Maybe he needs to take a break from football in the summer. Just go on a vacation, rethink life, his, uh, career. <laughs> because I mean, it's funny you guys have the exact same situation. I mean, you guys have multiple players. Wasn't there a, a report that the other day of Lukaku mentioning something about Italy or whatever like that? Yeah, he his it's a dream to, for him to go and to Syria, <sighs> play over there. I'm heard. I'm hearing that supposedly we could do a swap with. Lukaku and Icardi, but then I'm hearing he can go to Napoli, and and I don't know. I, I I don't know either, but it's just like funny that you have let's all right, let's lump Lukaku in there. Lukaku, David De Gea, Paul Pogba, another one that these three guys. There's stories being written uh, about their uncertainty about the future at United. And also, me, uh, Herrera and well, Herrera, but- who's already signed for PSG. I saw a report of Juan Mata's already uh, agreed to terms with Atletico Madrid. But I mean, with those three guys, I see guys that have that may you know they have one foot in and one foot out, one foot in the grave and another one on a banana peel. And <laughs> Mata, Herrera, and you let's throw in Eden Hazard. These three guys. Who have uncertainty with their future, but you couldn't tell by their play. You can't tell by their play. You know, I mean, I, I, and out of all of them, Herrera is the only one that's that, that, to my knowledge, is officially on. You know, like with P, has already signed with PSG, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I'm hearing multiple reports. But until I guess the club makes a statement from both sides, and then, then yeah, yeah, but until I hear something like that, you know, it's all. It, it, it could be true, but it's also... Speculation. Yeah, speculation. Yep. So what do you think, man? Overall, are you happy with the draw from today? Do you believe that... Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to Chelsea or whatever, but I mean, they haven't been in the best of form either, and we're playing at home, you know, and it's time for us to make a make amends. From Everton, from Barcelona, from Man City, and look, we're not doing sh- shit. I don't know if I can cuss on your podcast. Yeah, of course, but- <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I, this is our podcast. You say whatever the fuck you want, man. <laughs> but, I mean, we're, we're literally not. We're. <laughs> I don't know. You can make all the changes in the squad uh, in the team sheet. So we made today. We made five changes against Chelsea. We we started off good like we did against Man City, but we didn't find no rhythm again. Just yeah. like Man City, and we. It's like a consistent thing, and then everybody's saying, "Oh, we have to start um, Sanchez." And we we brought we bring him in 
just like we bring him in against Man City, he does nothing. He I didn't see touches him. the ball a few times. There's nothing. I didn't see him. I didn't see uh, as much as they talked about Rashford and about, you know, yeah, he was on the ball. But I didn't see Rashford today, really. I mean, I could. Other I could, than the nutmeg and yeah. then that, that free kick, that's pretty much it. I mean, look, I like Rashford. I'm a fan of Rashford. And I hope he stays. God, I, I, I believe he can do something great. But right now, he's not doing anything. He needs to be like what Gabriel Jesus is to Man City. Just come on around the 70th, 60th minute, nick a goal, and we're all happy. I had I didn't see anything. I mean, Lukaku. I mean, like I, I, I truly and honestly feel bad for Lukaku because I, I root for the guy. I don't know why. I don't know why I root for the guy. I really can't tell you, but I root for the guy. Um, I, I, I mean, he had opportunities, but like he didn't have a good game. Is like Anthony Marshall? Did, he he didn't play today, but like, what what the hell? Like, who did you guys start up top? <laughs> who, who you're like who, offensively? It seems like you know what I'm, bro. The more I, the more we talk, the more I think about it. It's like Manchester United and Chelsea couldn't be more the same, man. Yeah, I agree with you on that. We, we couldn't be more the same right now. I, I I I don't see it. So, bro, talk to me. Uh, I know I gotta let you go because you're about to. Uh, you you're, you're literally. Getting in your car to go watch uh, Endgame, um, you know. Yeah, I can't I, wait, <laughs> bro. Get ready. That was all, all I'm saying is get ready. But at the I'm more end, nervous about that, and then I was the United Chelsea. Game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a you got nothing to worry about, man. It's an awesome, awesome movie. But last question, man. When it's all said and done, two more games left. Two games for you in the Premier League. Two games for me. Um. How do where does Manchester United stand at the at at the last day of the season when the final whistle blows? What does the table look like? I mean, outside of Liverpool and City, they, they uh-huh. it's, it's like they have their own table. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> and then everybody. But and the then, top four has theirs. The Europa League place has theirs, and then the regulation is kind of looking more and more closing. Yeah. So where where, where does United stand? What do I want them to stand, or what do I think? Where do? where do you think? Where do you think? Well, honestly, since we're playing Huddersfield and Cardiff, I would think we would get the the six points. But knowing knowing them, we'll make them look like prime Barcelona. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, man. But honestly, I think I do think we do get the six points. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just, if other results go our way, we'll we'll get the Champions League spot. But honestly, I'm, I'm scared to get the Champions League spot because if we don't clear out half of this team or but bring in at least three, four players and we stick with this team, it's going to be the same result, probably even worse, in my opinion. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, Chelsea, same thing, man. Chelsea, same thing. Aren't, aren't Chelsea on a transfer ban? We don't know yet. We don't know. On April 11th, there was a meeting between Chelsea and FIFA um, to resolve the transfer ban situation, so we are looking at three outcomes. One, for by some miracle, we don't get a transfer ban. Two, at least we get a summer window. Or three, everything stands the way it is right now, and we don't get a summer window and we don't get a January window. However, think back to Barcelona signing Auto Turan during their transfer ban. Um, we can 
on paper, not on paper, but we could quote unquote sign people. We just can't register anybody. So we could in the summer sign somebody and then not play them for, I guess, a year. Yeah. <laughs> and then have them, you know, on our books. Would they, would they be on the, would they still be playing with their parent club, like their current club that you signed them from or? I have I I have no idea because we can't even loan anybody. Like uh, the only, I, I I know there's more examples of this because Atlético Madrid did had this a transfer ban situation, yeah. Real Madrid. But yeah. I keep bringing up the Auto Turan situation with Barcelona, and I should look into this more. But Auto Turan, I I distinctly remember he was signed by Barcelona, and he was in the building. At Barcelona, he just couldn't do anything. Um, I, I, I would, I would imagine he was allowed to practice. I, I mean, but even that's a stretch. I don't want to talk from the deepest, darkest corners of my ass. Um, but I know he was there. Like he, he was a Barcelona player. Everybody knew it. It's just that he couldn't do anything until January. January came, and he was able to play. And he just. You know, started playing with the with with, with Barcelona uh-huh. as of January. But honestly, I I don't know. I I don't know. We don't know anything. We we once we once we know what exactly is going on with the transfer ban situation, then we'll be able to know what we can and cannot do, my man. Yeah. Well, hopefully that you find out soon to get yep. some type of statement because I'm interested in it as well. Yep. Yep. To yep. see how it works to get an idea of how they will do next season yep <laughs> yep so all right my brother i'm gonna let you bounce so you could uh check out the movie send me a dm or a tweet to let everybody or let me know how, how you enjoyed it uh if any chelsea supporters are listening to this podcast right now and they want to follow you on twitter how can they find you at uh real isaiah one that's r-e-a-l-i-s-i-a-h one not the uh, letter, just the number. And same thing as my YouTube channel. I'm trying to get it off the ground. So even if you uh, don't support United, you know, follow, uh, subscribe to me. I'll be posting some vlogs up real soon. All right, my brother. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. We'll talk. All right. Thank you for having me. Yep, yep. Later, yep. bro. All right. All right, everybody. Your boy's back. Thanks again to... I hate that. I hate when I hear myself... All right, we're back. Thanks again to Isaiah Madrugal, Manchester United supporter and blogger, um, giving his thoughts on the Manchester United, giving us his thoughts, Manchester United's perspective. You think this far, this many episodes into the podcast, I would learn how to talk and be able to, you know, get my words together without stumbling all over myself. Fucking hell, man. Get it together, Christian. Get it together. So, I just wanted to give you guys, before I let you go, I wanted to give a couple of stats out and talk about this game a little bit from our perspective. We got Isaiah's perspective from Chelsea's perspective now. First, all right, get rid of the goal for whatever. We scored a goal. It was a blast from, seemed like, in the parking lot by Rudiger. David De Gea should have should have been a routine save because he saw it all the way. He put his hands on it, and he fumbled it. And Alonzo was Johnny on the spot to put it in the back of the net. Which, truth be told, one I didn't think it went in. I thought it was bouncing around. I from the angle that that the TV was showing it at, I I, I wasn't sure. I personally wasn't sure. I don't know if you guys were, but 
I wasn't sure that it went in the back of the net until I saw the TV say goal. I wasn't sure. I wasn't cheering too much. Um, so outside of that, let's look at the first half. The first half was shit. The first half was shit from Chelsea's perspective. One, God damn it, man. Iguain. Thank God Chelsea did not buy this guy. What a shit striker. What a shit striker. He is constantly offside. I all I want is a striker who stays onside. We let's start from there. Is that too much to ask? I mean, let's not even ask him to score goals. First, stay onside. If it's not Iguain, it was Morata. With this offsides. I can't remember if Costa was constantly offsides. I don't remember, nor do I remember if Drogba was offsides. But I feel like between Giroud, Iguain, Morata, I even think Fernando Torres had an issue with constantly being offsides. Please, please, Chelsea board, if you're listening, don't look for a striker that scores goals. Do not. Look for a striker that stays on sides first. Let's start there. Then we can look for a striker that scores goals, okay? Because this guy has been a waste of fucking time. Wow. The first half was... we, Our backs. Left back. Right back. Alonzo. I, I, when I saw the 11, I was fuming. When I saw Marcus Alonso come to find out, Emerson was sick. Whatever, it is what it is. Um, but Aspi, defensively, I think he did fine. Offensively, good God, oh my, good googly moogly. This guy cannot cross to save his life. Alonso cannot cross. The first half, they were just putting crosses in all of them. Shit, every single ball that they were putting into the box was cross shit all of them uh, Aspie and then Hazard's clearly running towards the near post Aspie puts it far post why why at the end of the match there were so many opportunities for us to get the three points yet Iguain bombing down the uh, on the right hand line on the touch line Eden Hazard could have been one-on-one with De Gea. Not to say, let's just leave it at that. Let's not even assume that he was scored. Let's just leave it at that. Where the hell? Pass it to him earlier. Pass it to him earlier. Let him run onto the ball. Trust yourself. Waited and it got blocked. You know? I'd much rather have you overhit the ball than underhit the ball. Because overhit the ball, you 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 at least give your guy to run onto it. But if you underhit the ball, the defender is right there to block it, and you don't give your guy the opportunity to do anything. William, <sighs> William, fuck, like, you know, I really we really need it in games like this. We really need William. We really need a right winger. It's unfortunate. Callum Hudson Adoy is hurt. Um, but I felt like William really didn't give us anything. Pedro came in on late, but it's more of the same from these guys. I had mentioned it 
either on Twitter or on a podcast. I know I said it. And the point that I said was when William and Pedro, their worst is worse than Colum Hudson Odoi on the right. However, when they're at their best, I think Pedro might be the best right winger. But how many games do we play? To count on Pedro being the best right winger, to count on uh, William to being the best that they can be on the right-hand side, even when they're at their best, what are we getting? Three, four games a season? Can't rely on that. Can't count on that. And the thing is, you don't know. Pedro and William might be giving their best at the exact same time, and that, that does us no good. Only one of them can play. I... I the midfield, you know, I think Conte was off today. And you guys know how I feel about Conte. It hurts my heart to say it. I love that man. But he was a little bit off today. You know, Rudiger getting injured didn't help. Apparently, David Luiz pulled off some slick shit today. That I'm always keen as a fan of the dark arts of the underside of the game. David Luiz pulled off something that he might have quote unquote faked an injury to give Christensen some time to come on because he did this right when Rudiger got hurt. If he did that, that's some smart shit, man. That's the type of shit that that we need. You know, teams need a guy who dabbles in the dark arts to get us. You know, to buy you a minute here, a minute there, to give you professional fouls here or there. You know? So, it sucks, man. Hopefully, I, Rudiger, I saw him during the match say something when he went down. He said, I think I tore it. I hope that's not the case, man. We do not need it. Two weeks ago, I said something when Kevin DeBruyne went down. I said something on Twitter. That man, Chelsea. I said optimistically. I said it very confidently. Optimistically, man, Chelsea must have the best medical staff on planet Earth because we rarely get hurt, and it's been one injury after the other. It's Colin Hudson Odoi ruptured his Achilles, and let's take two seconds on that. If this kid manages to come back after three months, after Achilles tear, to even start running. That signals to me one of three things. One, his tear wasn't as serious as we once thought. Two, or two, he's legit. We legit do have the best medical staff on planet Earth that are able to work miracles. Or three, Colin Hudson-Odoi is not human and he's made out of some fibers that are not known that are not human because if you're having a separation of your achilles tendon that is a miracle that you're able to come back so fast i don't buy it uh that he's going to be able to come back so fast nor do i want him to come back so fast i really don't i really don't with injuries this series you need to take your time he needs to wait he needs to wait, delay. You're not going to, even if you're good in three months, it doesn't hurt you to come back in six, to come back in nine, 
to take an extra six months to make sure that you're a hundred percent. Six months puts him back in. If he takes nine months, he comes back in after January. No problem. No problem. That's a new. That's as if we got a new signing. That's no problem with that. But what I do have a problem is he comes back in three, and boom, the worst. So, yeah, I hope I I I hope for our sake everything works out well. When it, I hope not not even for Chelsea because you know as much as I love the club, like sometimes there's some things that are bigger than the club. For Colum Hudson Adoy's sake. I hope everything works out well that he's getting that people are advising him for the best for his long-term career because I get it I get it you want to hurry him back on the field so you can continue maintain your leverage um, in contract negotiations with Chelsea uh, I get it you want to show Bayern Munich that or anybody else that's interested in him that he is back to 100% that ultimately that doesn't screw anybody other than Callum Hudson-Doy if you're wrong in that spot because Bayern Munich and Chelsea and any other club will continue existing long after Callum Hudson-Doy or any players done playing so in those situations you have to the player has to do what's best what's best for the player and I hope so I hope Callum Hudson-Doy is getting that type of um, advise me. If I was in his corner, I'd say, bro, take a year. Take a year. You know? At the end of next season, at the end of the, what, 1920 season, the last two months of the season, come back, you start playing your 10, 15 minutes here or there, but don't rush it, man. You want to make sure that that tendon is rock solid, that that's a steel rod on the back of your leg before you come back. Because if it goes again, you will not have another opportunity to play at the top level. I, I That I am 100% sure of. I'm 100% sure. If he has another Achilles tear, he won't have another opportunity. That might be... he is He's not coming back from that. So... You know, hopefully, all is well. Hopefully, he does the smart thing and takes his time shit i would take a full year fine six months you come back you start training again you know you gradually build into you build up your match fitness build back up build your speed back up you know you work out hard you make sure that that thing will not go again you don't have another chance at this that's what i would do that's what i would be advising him Money will always be there. The money will always be there if you're a top player. At 21 years old, he will get as much, if not more money than what he's worth right now. If he comes back and is 100%. But if he comes back too early and he times it wrong and he blows his his Achilles tendon again, he will absolutely blow any chance, lose any chance of making top money. Because no big club is going to sign him with two on two ruptured Achilles tendons. 
the same one went twice, his career would be gone. That I am sure of. Could be wrong, but I doubt it. So I would take a full, I would take 14 months, to be honest with you. 14 months to come back to be 100%. 14 months. I would. I absolutely would. I'm t- I'm, I absolutely would. Even if I'm running around, sprinting around, I would make sure. Because in the long term, for, losing 14 months is a lot better than losing 10 years. A lot better than losing 14 years. So, but we shall see. We all will see. I did want to show you guys some stats. Bro, what the heck? Wait, what? let's take a minute on David De Gea. God damn, this guy is shit. What the hell happened to him? Going into the World Cup, this guy's the best in the world. I mean, like I said, Isaiah, you got David De Gea, Pogba, and, and Lukaku all talking about not being at United next year. Meanwhile, you have Hazard, Mata, and Herrera not being with their respective clubs next year. And one group is playing like they're, you know, like they will never leave their club and the other group is not. God damn, David Dale. I mean, far be it for me to complain, especially when they're dropping points. You know, keep doing your thing, my boy. Keep doing your thing, my brother. But damn, that guy sucks. Woo. Um. Yeah. So where do we go from here? This Thursday, we're back in the Europa League. Let's look at the live table. So interesting, right? The live table right now as it sits. Chelsea, pulling it up here. Chelsea sit in fourth at 68 points. Tottenham sit in third at 70 points. God damn it, if we would have won against Burnley, we would be at 70 points. We would be in third. We would legit be in third. Um, third? Maybe, no. We, yeah, we'd be in third. We'd be at 71 points. If if we would have won at Burnley and we would have just drawn today, we would be on 71 points, third place. Liverpool at 91. City at 92. And we have two games left in the Premier League. This Thursday, we are playing Frankfurt. At in Germany in the Europa League, Sunday on Cinco de Mayo, arriba! Get your coronies ready. We play against Watford, tough match. Thursday, May 9th, we play against Frankfurt. Sunday, the 12th, we play against Leicester. Wednesday, the 15th, Chelsea is here in the United States playing against Boston, uh, playing against New England Revolution in Boston. Uh, Alex Goldberg will for sure be there. I'm sure of it. You got Josh Banks will probably be at you know be over there at that match. And that uh, I mean, provided we beat Frankfurt over the next two uh, next two games, we will move into the final. I don't know when the Europa League final is. Let's see. Europa League final 2019. Uh, my son is in the room now. The Europa League final will take place on May 29th. 10 days 
after our, you know, the day that we, uh, May 19th, the day that no team should play at Chelsea because that day, if you're a team and on your calendar, you have to play Chelsea on May 19th, just don't even show up because you will lose. That's a day that's written in the stars for us. May 19th. May 19th, 2012. Never forget. So the Europa League finals on the 29th. So we have won. Two, three, four, five games left. This season. I mean, provided that we make the Europa League final, which I believe we will. Um, we have five games left in the season. Crazy. Crazy. Five games left in Chelsea in the All American Chelsea podcast season one. Shit, that's insane. Season one is almost coming to an end for this podcast. You guys are not ready for season two. What I have planned for season two, uh, that's it. That's all I'm gonna say. That is all I'm gonna say. Anyways, guys, Cairo, chill, bud. That is working. Anyways, guys, that's all I got for today. Enjoy the rest of your day. I love you. I believe in you. If I can do what I'm doing now, you can do what you, you're you doing. Whatever that case might be. As long as it's positive. As long as it's, you know, not fucking people over. I'm in your back. I got your back. I'm in your corner. I'm with you. Anything you need from me, I got you. I believe in you. Go out there. Kill it. Love you guys. So, that's it. I'll be coming back on Thursday with another podcast or a post-match review from our Europa League game. Uh, I probably won't be recording on Thursday because I play ball on Thursday. Um, so, I'll probably be recording Friday. Probably, most likely, will be with Worldwide Chels. My boy, Sadiq coming back on the podcast so that's all i got have a great day enjoy the rest of your game enjoy the rest of your game enjoy the rest of your day big night of game of thrones coming up i love each and every single one of you big kiss Mwah. my little boy come here give a kiss say bye, bye. big kiss <laughs> big kiss guys love you later I'm feeling dangerous Bring me by my hand till you teach me to flow Head is in the cloud with my stomach below Something about this feeling I felt it before Took this pill and it swallowed me whole Pinch me on my arm, is it having a fun? If I don't come back, I'd a hell of a run Taste it through my nose, smell the death on the tongue Can't get high enough to get over the hump
Take this here, introduce you to love I'm feeling dangerous I'm feeling nauseous Running me crazy Somewhere I wanna I'm feeling dangerous Crash Talk Take 3